Welcome to Voices of NCAJ. We're talking to members of the North Carolina Advocates for Justice about what it means to be a trial lawyer, what it takes to be great at the practice of law, and how being a part of NCAJ enriches their lives and careers. Produced and powered by Law Pods. Welcome, everyone, to Voices of NCAJ, the podcast for the North Carolina Advocates for Justice. I am Amber Nimix, your host and communications and marketing manager for NCAJ. My guest today is Michael Bertix, a partner with Lennon, KMAC, and Bertix in Raleigh. He is a board-certified specialist in workers' compensation law, which makes up about three-quarters of his practice. He also handles Social Security disability claims. Michael is a 17-year member of NCAJ and has presented at more than 40 CLEs on a variety of topics in workers' compensation and social security law. Michael, welcome to the NCAJ podcast. Thank you so much for having me. So glad you're here. So starting this month, we're doing things a little differently on Voices of NCAJ. Our goal is to give our members and potential members a feel for the kinds of conversations that members have amongst themselves. So, Michael, you are the first guest with this new format, and I really appreciate you joining us. Wow, that's, uh, that's pretty great. I, I had no idea that. Cool. That's fantastic. So, one of the things that you've uh, clearly been talking about with other members is the CLE that you have been working on planning, uh, Quirky Issues and Workers' Comp. And that is coming up on September 22nd. Participants can take this CLE virtually or in person at NCAJ headquarters in Raleigh. And to find out more, look it up on our website at ncaj.com slash events. So this has been a staple on the NCAJ CLE calendar for quite some time, right? Uh, thereabouts. I mean, I, I went back and looked, and I think the first year that we had it was in 2017. Okay. We used to have a basic CLE in the fall for the workers' comp section, because it's a workers' comp CLE. Mm-hmm. and I think one of the issues that you run into with basic CLEs when you have a bunch of experienced practitioners is they've all kind of heard this stuff already. Right, right. And so the thought that uh, arose, I think it was Bobby Bollinger, the education chair for the workers' comp section, had this brilliant idea that we need to just go in the complete opposite direction and find these sort of weird, strange topics that come up from time to time. But if you do enough workers' comp, you're going to encounter these sorts of issues. Okay. And it was a huge hit. And why is it called Quirky Issues? Is that why? Well, a little bit. I mean, the theme originally was how do you find these issues that are probably not going to show up in a standard CLA? Mm -hmm. And how do you compile those together for an audience of people that you sort of know the rules of the road already Mm -hmm. and teach them something new? Uh, teach them something they can actually use in their practice and do a deep dive on these sorts of out there situations and come up with something that even somebody really knows a lot about workers' comp. How do you get them to learn something new? Okay. It's, it's been great. So what's the planning? What are the planning conversations like? About Do you guys just get together and share weird stories and occurrences or do you write them down in your notebook to like get together later on or how does that work? Well, I think Bobby Bollinger's got the secret sauce there. Mm -hmm. He just is very active on the NCAJ listserv. Right. Here's the issues that people are talking about. Here's the issues that people are asking questions about. And I'm, I'm pretty sure he 
keeps track of those sorts of things. Okay. And then when CLEs get planned, because he's been the education chair for years, he goes around and asks practitioners trying to get a diverse group in to present, oh, can you present on this sort of subject? Do you have any ideas for what might be good either for work, worky issues? We have Workplace Torts, which is the flagship workers' comp CLE mm-hmm. around Christmas time or in the December timeframe. There's also the Workers' Comp Roundtable, which is limited to workers' comp uh, NCHA members only. It's uh, not mm-hmm. open to non-NCHA members. He sort of tries to figure out what topics are going to be good for each of these CLEs and then plans it based on that. Okay. And so this is a day-long CLE, and it includes seven different programs. The program you will be presenting personally is titled Decline the Labor Market Survey. Decline Cats is Inhumane. Decline Vocational Experts is Good Lawyering. So let's sharpen your voc expert decline tools. So that is quite a title. Tell me, what does it mean? All right. So there's a little bit of background here. But first and foremost, I think Bobby Bollinger is a fan of edgy titles. And so that played a part in this. Okay. But more to the point, uh, one of the things that's a big sort of simmering or maybe at this point boiling issue in workers' comp is extended benefits claims. Mm -hmm. This is a new area where the first of these claims that could possibly be brought started to get brought in about 2019. Okay. And we've got only a handful, like two cases that are currently in the appellate courts on extended benefits claims. And we've got a handful of claims that have been tried to various levels at the industrial commission, either at the deputy commissioner or the full commission level. Right. And I think back before 2019, everybody had their crystal ball trying to figure out what are these claims going to look like? What are going to be the tools that are used we're trying extended benefits cases. Mm-hmm. And since 2019, we've started to get a clear picture. The answers are starting to appear. The crystal ball has become less cloudy. And one of the things that has been found in a substantial majority of these extended benefits claims is dueling vocational experts. Ah, okay. Yes. We have had vocational experts in workers' comp for many years, but they tended to be experts that showed up in a pretty tiny minority of litigated claims. You might have a vocational expert in a case, but there'd not be a reason to have them testify, or you might just not have anybody at all because it wasn't one of the central subjects that mattered. Mm -hmm. Take medical depositions. Well, now extended benefits claims have seen this massive surge in vocational expert usage where hmm. both the injured worker and the insurance carrier defendants is going to each have a dueling expert. Mm-hmm. And because of that, going and being able to cross-examine an expert or bolster your own expert has become a big deal, uh, much more so than it used to be. And that's hmm. why this issue suddenly is pretty timely. And so we're talking about how do you do that? Uh, how mm-hmm. do you attack a voc expert's labor market survey? How do you strengthen your own vocational expert's testimony? And what's fueling this change? Is it the appellate cases that you mentioned? It's actually probably partially that, but maybe more what's happened at the Industrial Commission in terms uh-huh. of the kinds of decisions that have been coming down and people seeing what has worked and what has not in terms of proving these claims. Mm-hmm. and. You know, from that, it's become sort of the existing strategy du jour 
to have dueling vocational experts. Okay. And so do you have any um, like quick tips that you can offer? Obviously, we want uh, folks to show up for the CLE and, and get the deep dive, but any like ABC to start off kind of thing? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that's great about social security practice is, and this is, you know, just, it's, I promise it's going to come back to workers' comp, is in social security, vocational experts have been ubiquitous okay. since I began practicing law. I mean, we have always had a social security okay. uh, vocational expert in every social security hearing. It's unavoidable. And so fundamentally, if you do social security work, you learn a little bit about how to cross-examine vocational experts. Mm. Or maybe you learn a lot about it, because if you do enough social security work, you're going to have cases which are probably going to depend on your ability to cross-examine a vocational expert. Okay. And so if you do social security work like I do, you learn this area and you learn that there's a whole language of what vocational experts use to talk about whether an individual is able to be employed or not. And there's all kinds of statistical resources they use from the Department of Labor, from the Bureau of Labor Statistics. And you learn how to utilize those as well. One of the things that my office has found is when doing extended benefits litigation, being able to speak that language and use those resources, it has proven incredibly powerful in these workers' comp claims. Ah, okay. And so, you know, this is a, a situation where if you are a workers' comp practitioner that doesn't have that social security experience, that maybe is not familiar with all of these other resources, with the fact that there's a whole framework for vocational rehab that has been created in federal litigation, federal programs, you can apply those concepts in workers' comp, and they are useful in workers' comp. One of the things that we deal with, for example, in social security cases Mm -hmm. is the concept of transferable skills. You see this issue show up all the time in a labor market survey. Vocational expert will talk about, well, this individual had these kinds of work in the past, these kinds of jobs. They gain transferable skills of various sorts, and they will give a list. And these can be useful in this other field, and therefore, this individual may be employable. It's a pretty common scenario. Mm -hmm. Well, there's actually all manner of systems in place the Department of Labor uses to actually define the answer to that question. That's not just an opinion that you can give off the hip. There are ways of putting that kind of opinion in the crucible and seeing whether it's backed up. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that if you become fluent in vocational expert opinion orthodoxy, so you can use these tools to attack opinions like that or to moderate opinions like that. Very, very useful. Okay. So some cross-training between practice area specific disciplines is really very helpful. That's how you came to know so much about the decline topic. Yeah, that and I did a CLE. I taught a CLE probably four or five years ago on transferable skills analysis and social security. I did that for the disability advocate section. So I had to Mm -hmm. learn the subject pretty tightly. And it just so happened that that subject rears its head again now in the context of workers' comp. Wow. I was able to recycle some of that material as well, update it, and then bring in a whole lot of additional material about the different resources 
Also, I've taken all kinds of depositions over the years, mm-hmm. more so recently in vocational or extended benefits cases of vocational experts. Okay. And so from that, I continue to learn and continue to hone that craft. And so I can hopefully provide some useful statistics or useful tips, resources to cross-examine vocational experts. Great. Wow. Sounds like, yeah, there'll be a lot going on there in the decline program. What else is on the agenda for Quirky Issues? We got about six other hour-long or hour-ish long programs, right? Yeah. To make up the day? Yeah. So it's actually, it's a great program. So Kathleen Glancy is doing a presentation on how to fix social security offset problems. Mm -hmm. Kathleen is a real lion in this field. Uh, She has, she's probably the foremost expert on social security offset in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And the issue of social security offset has been the subject of frequent CLEs over the years. I mean, I've given some of these CLEs. Will Snyder's given some of these CLEs. She's given some of these CLEs. This one's different. This is not just how offsets are supposed to work. It's how to fix offsets when the social security administration is messing them up. Okay, And that's different. That is the nitty gritty, who to call, what tools you can use to fix mm-hmm. the problems, to cut through the red tape. And that is probably worth the price of admission by itself. Okay. So like real walking out with hands-on information you can put to work immediately. Absolutely. Then Reed Acree is going to be doing a presentation on Medicare set-asides and attorney's fees an issue that's relevant, I think, to every plaintiff's attorney out there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Scott Gallagher is going to be talking about Medicaid expansion and how that's going to affect our practice area. You know, we deal with Medicaid issues from time to time, but it's not super duper common. It's about to be. And so this is an area that every practitioner is going to need to understand and know cold, and he's going to teach that to us. Uh, Laura Jenkins is doing a topic on service of process that's going to be useful Anne-Marie Pantazis is going to do a deep dive on firefighter cancer cases, Mm -hmm. which is increasingly a problem that we're seeing. And there's been some changes legislatively that I think are going to potentially benefit workers' comp practitioners and where we can use our skills to help this particular group. Great. It's a fabulous presentation, fabulous program. And you get two hours of ethics. Everybody needs ethics. Right. (laughs) Come get ethics with your uh, closest workers' comp friends. Why not? Absolutely. So at the end of the day, what do you hope that CLE participants walk away with after they're done with this Quirky Issues program? Well, if you're already an expert in workers' comp, I hope you walk away with at least one new skill, one new tidbit, nugget, or whatever that you can use in your practice. And given mm-hmm. this lineup, I'm sure that you will. Okay. But let's say you're you're new. Let's say this is uh, an area that you're just getting involved in. Maybe it's your second or third case. You haven't really done workers' comp before. Mm-hmm. Well, these sorts of in-depth presentations where you go and you learn the step-by-step process for dealing with an issue are just as useful, if not more useful. Because I certainly know whenever I've tried to learn a new practice area, getting a whole bunch of theory is great, but that doesn't tell you how to actually do it. And this is going to teach you how to actually do it. And so last question, what do you personally get out of taking NCAJCLE that sets it apart from other continuing legal education? Because we have the best CLEs. And I'm not just saying that <laughs> right. because I do more presentations and take more NCAJCLEs than any, any other provider. Mm-hmm. NCAJCLEs, especially I find in workers' comp, tend to be highly topical. 
These are not dailies that you go to and you sort of sit back and glaze over because you have to be there. Right. Because you have a CLE obligation and therefore you're checking a box. These are CLE presentations that you can go to and the presenters work incredibly hard to try to actually give you something you can use, to teach you something new. And the reality of the matter too is we're all trial lawyers. We like to tell stories. We're good at presenting things. And so we tend to have really engaging CLEs too. Terrific. Great. Well, participants can take this CLE, uh, Quirky Issues in Workers' Comp, on September 22nd, virtually or in person at NCAJ headquarters in Raleigh. And to find out more, look for this September 22nd event on our website at ncaj.com slash events. And while you're there, you can check out the whole lineup of CLE and other member events we have planned for this fall. Michael, thank you so much for helping put on this fabulous program and for being on the podcast today. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. And thanks to everyone who is listening. If you want to know more about the North Carolina Advocates for Justice and how we are continuing a 60-year legacy of empowering a strong community of trial lawyers, head to ncaj.com and learn more about us. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Voices of NCAJ. For more information on the North Carolina Advocates for Justice and how to join or support NCAJ, please visit our website at www.ncaj.com.